we're here. Yeah. And you just completed your set. Yeah. In Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Not from here. <laughs> Not from here at all. Icebreaker. Where are you from? I'm from Orlando, Florida. And what is your name? My name is Ross Paget. Ross Paget. Staying at your place. Yes, you are. It's a very cool shindig. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So tell me about your set. So you were at the Beer Baron? I was, uh, wasn't at the Beer Baron. I was at a place called the Bourbon. It was at the Bourbon. The Bourbon. The Bourbon. And last night you performed at Desperados, right? I did. Tonight went considerably better. Really? Yes. Now, what order did you go? I was last tonight. Did that have a part to play? Uh, it was an interesting room. Kind of the one that you walk into that room and go like, all right, the stacks are a little, the chips are against you mm-hmm. in the sense that there's some people talking in the back. But I there is, I remember a specific time in early in the set where I heard no one talking, which is always a good sign. Really? Yeah. When you have, well, I mean, when you go from talking to no talking, that's progress. Ah, so basically people were listening. In fact, I can deal with people not laughing at any of my jokes because that's on me. Okay. But what I can't get on is when people are talking because then I can't, it's done. I can't, they're not even listening. You don't have their attention. If they're not laughing, that means I can still maybe win them over. Okay. The so, battle is still going. Yes, indeed. So did you do the same set? No. No, not even, I don't even think. Completely different. Completely was, different page in the notebook? No, I told one joke. I told one joke from last night. Which one? It was about bring it on. Bring it on. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I told that joke. Okay. I made that my opener. Okay. All right. And so are you still fleshing out like your set or are you still, or are you just trying new material? I think you always are going to be fleshing out your set. I don't know. There's no perfect set. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll probably say yes to that question when I die. <laughs> you know, when I'm on my deathbed, you can ask me, are you still fleshing out your set? And then I'll be like, nah, well, the- it's as good as it gets. I'm not getting out of my bed. The reason I'm asking is that I hear about like uh, you know the comics that are just cycling through Netflix and everything, and you'll hear that when they come to town, they're fleshing out their set that they may be doing for a half hour comedy special or something yeah. like that. And I'm wondering, are all comics basically doing that as they're on the road, or is it just you know? You're if just you ain't here. famous, you're not. I would say that is that I don't have a fan base that needs more content. Uh, I, there's no one. I mean, not. Just in recent times, has there been any sort of thing like that for me? And even then, they're not—they—they're not coming to all my comedy shows. They just either support me online or. You're selling yourself short, man. You're really funny. Oh, well, uh, and that Orlando—that Orlando, that Orlando uh, trailer that you have. Yeah, that—that's funny. Well, have, and then did I show you the? There's a baby boomer versus millennial one. And that one, I actually saw that online. Yeah, that one has done. That one has gotten a lot of views, more views than I ever could have thought of. But I can't talk to about that sketch without bringing up Joel Warren. Anybody hearing this will not know who that is, but he's my partner in crime when it comes to writing. Okay, so he's behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. me and him always. He's the funniest person I know when it comes to shooting creative ideas with. Like he's your uh, what's Dave Chappelle's guy? Uh, oh no, the uh, white dude. Yeah, yeah. Is, is he like similar? Like I forgot. That? I mean, I bet you he's gotten that 
forever. <laughs> what? what uh, I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him. white dude. I wouldn't recognize him if I saw him Trader Joe's. So, yeah, you know, no. Hey. I think he wears a backwards hat. Okay. I don't know why, but most white dudes do. <laughs> most white dudes rock backwards hat. I've had my backwards hat phase. And the, and the trucker hat, too. Yeah. I've never had a trucker hat. Though. Never had it in Orlando. Never and had a trucker hat. I'm only wearing a beanie right now because I'm from Florida and I'm in D.C. and I caught it when it was really cold. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't blame you, man. It's probably like 40, 30 degrees Can't outside. Do Everyone's it. supposed to be wearing a hat. Can't even spell 30 or 40. All right. So the set that you did at Desperados, you scale would, of 1 came to 10. Out, I, I've, you People should know this, that you came out and supported your local DC Comedy Fest. Of course. And you came out and supported your boy, slanging some jokes. Of course, man. This is, this awesome. is, this is communal, man. Well, you are just... A, I, I bring that up because I remember we went with this place because the reviews said how great you were. I was like, this guy seems awesome. And little that. did I know, this guy is coming to the comedy show. You're of course, man. Of course, man. So, scale of 1 to 10, what would you give the uh, Desperados show? That first set? Ah, uh, 4. Okay. I would say like a 4. And this one that you just did at Bourbon. What was like it? an 8-5. Eight, 8-5. Five. Eight, five. Eight, five. I jumped on a bar. I was on top of the bar at one point. It was a very strange show. Wow. So, is that part of the set or did you just feel it? No, it was, it was me trusting myself. There you go. And it worked, Here which is which is what matters, I guess. I remember um, a couple of days ago um, we were walking to the metro. You were saying that, uh, um, or I'm sorry, not the metro. We were walking to uh, Harris Teeter. You had said that uh, you were a very physical comic. Yeah, there's definitely some. Yeah, now now when I think about it, I was on top of a bar, so <laughs> I, would, I would have to say some sort of shape. And the, it was because there was, the basketball game was on. They never turned off the TVs, and I just said that I'd rather watch this basketball game than listen to my bullshit because it was a, the playoff regular. It was a playoff game to get into the into NBA the playoffs, playoffs yeah. with the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, and then it went to OT, and I'm telling jokes during overtime. Wow. Not, I, I don't want to have a playoff to do, a double playoff game be <laughs> yeah, my competition. Exactly. So I watched the game a little bit and I just started wow. narrating the game. <laughs> wait, wait. So during your set, yeah, you're on top of the bar. I'm sitting on top of the bar. You're basically like being an announcer, being an announcer, but a funny announcer. Kind of make. I called one of the basketball players common because he was bald with a beard, <laughs> and. The, I, I'm guessing that this definitely did well with the crowd. Yeah, it was all right. It worked. That, that, that's all you can really ask for. Exactly. And, and moments like that. And this is completely off the cuff. Off the cuff. There you go. That's how you know you're a good comic, man. Well, sometimes. <laughs> and then it was really good. What made me happy, though, is that after all of that, which is essentially me drowning to get their likability so they can trust me with a joke. Okay. Then I told the joke and it worked. So that's that's also a big W. Exactly, it's like all the the, the 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 freestyling that you did was the prelude. I freestyled last night at an open mic. Really? Oh yeah. Wait. So you went after Desperados? You did more shows? Yeah, I ran. We were just chilling, and then there's an open mic. Your city's awesome. And I ran into an open mic. I said, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna go in here, get a glass of water because I'm a little drunk." <laughs> 
And then I did some jokes and there's a live like sound guy at an open mic with that. Most open mics don't have a sound guy. You're usually going to piss silence. Yeah. So he played music. I made use. I was like, yo, give me a beat. Oh, good to know we do a professional out here. But man, should have t- let me know, man. I would have definitely wanted to tag I along. I didn't know and- I was doing it. Like I said, I was just walking a selling open mic. Looked at the lady. She said, why not? Said, let's do it. Boom, boom. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. All right. Next question. Um, and these are questions that when I was watching your show at uh, Desperados, they came to my mind. Awesome. All right. Are sparse crowds more difficult than lar- than packed crowds? I appreciate them more. That's the first thing I would say to that. So why, do you, why do you say that? They're more intimate. Okay. And telling jokes to, say, f- 500 people compared to what you saw at Desperados, which was probably... Well, 25 people, sorry, 25 people in a 500 seater is god awful. But 25 people in a 30 person capacity room, oh man, I I don't know if there's anything better. Cool. Give me one second. Check, check. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. When we last left our heroes, we were talking about sparse crowds versus large crowds. Yes. Do you find that you can ride the wave off of large crowds, though, easier? The, when you do a large crowd, I, it's to me, it's incredibly easier. Mm-hmm. And it's the sparse crowds is the reason why. I've told jokes in so many not the best places, coffee machines and... So many, there's too many stories to even, that's a whole different route. But sparse crowds are completely necessary, in my opinion. They make you appreciate large crowds. Mm -hmm. And the first time I did a room of like 300 people, uh, I when I got off the stage, I just thought it was like, oh my God, this is cheating. This is different. This was, was a whole, it's a different thing, but sparse crowds. I would say, 20 of uh, 25 people in a 30 person capacity room is my uh it's so great like it's a way to tune the fork to your comedy to make sure that it's actually funny it's just intimate man you get to see every face you get to look at people's eyes and then say if you're at an improv you can only see the first 12 people and it's not like i don't know they both have their pros and cons but i know i have a, a small piece of my heart for a, a sparse crowd. Gotcha. I would not have been able to go on top of a bar if it was a 300, four or 500 person improv or a club. I wouldn't even have pulled the trigger on that decision if I was in a club. And, and so is it because you feel like you've connected with the people that are in a smaller crowd more, whereas a large crowd, or do you think it wouldn't have played as well? I don't know. You just, the sparse crowd is. I don't know who gives a shit. Uh, you still do your best, but it's uh, it's hard to put into words. It's more just more of a it's it's a different experience. It's between like a a clementine and and an orange. Okay, they're very similar, but but they're different. People they got different sizes, but a clementine is still pretty dank. <laughs> <It's> their, <laughs> they got no seeds. Yeah, and they peel, <laughs> the, the skin peels off much easier. Way easier. Way easier. Man. That's probably the best example I think I can give you between a sparse crowd and a large crowd. I like it. 
All right. So we talked about this at Desperados, but uh, comics who follow you or you follow comics and the joke premise is somewhat the same. Uh-huh. Like I remember there was a guy talking about weed. Like I, hate that about weed. I hate that I told that joke. I hate that I told that joke. Because and the other the, guy it, did? or It's not even just because the other guy did. It's because a lot of comics have that joke. And I've just recently really came to the jagged pill of going, yo, everyone has this version of a joke, which is essentially saying I smoked this blank weed and this punchline happened to me. Mm-hmm. You can go on that premise and form. It's very formulaic. And there's more... And also what makes it even worse is that that joke is just part of a bit, which is probably like three or four minutes long. And I only did that part. Uh, but in the middle, there's not... When you're doing comedy, in my experience, uh, is that you're not really thinking at that point, but you're just doing. Yeah. You know, there's not too much time to think. Like you're shooting, just, like Kobe shooting free throws. You just got to do it. You're, yeah. just, you're in the middle of doing something, so... So that's very interesting that you said that because the way in which you thought about that joke is not just the fact that it's funny, but the fact that it's like, I smoked this kind of weed and I felt this kind of way. So it's like, I well, did this. Well, it's just so many comics have that yeah that premise. There's I've even uh, I have a friend who has that essentially the same joke premise just in different words of saying that he smoked a weed called. Uh, gorilla permanent gorilla permanent gorilla panic (laughs) and then his punchline is so i'm going to be permanently panicked as am i becoming a gorilla same same thing my joke is that i smoked weed that was called jesus and the guy looked at me and said i'm not going to see you for three days gotcha but even if we took weed out of it right yeah and it's like i did this and then it's going to be called this from a formulaic standpoint, right? I'm sure there's, I can't think of something right now, but there might be another way to flex that. Well, I'm wondering, are there other types of formulaic jokes? Maybe yeah. not even that way. And that those just are comics called, know. Those are called hacky. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I need to stop saying that joke. I hate the fact that I said that joke. But like I said, I wasn't really thinking. I didn't even write that joke down to even say. Wow. It just popped in my head. Well, it was really strange. Like last week I was doing comedy and all of a sudden this joke came out and I haven't said that joke in like four or five years. Okay. And, and, what, I, and what, I just deep in my mind, this joke lurked and I, it popped up. Did it do well? Somehow, some way it did. Okay. Somehow, some way. And there was some differences. It was back to kind of just trusting myself. There you go. Comedy is one hell of a drug. How long have you been doing comedy? Eight, nine years. Okay. And what did you do before that? Uh, I went to high school. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, I moved to Orlando. I started working at Universal Studios. I was in animated, so I was like Homer, Shrek. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was doing that. And then I got cross-trained into an actor role at Universal. Okay. Which I am shaggy at Universal. Okay, I probably shouldn't have said that, but okay, I, I see, I, I see the, I see why they would catch you yeah, for that. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's also this this dog shit chin hair that I have. So you have to wear a wig. I wear a wig. Okay. Drive the mystery, ma- misterioso de machina. And so when you're, 
is this a matter of like one of the people that's like walking around on Universal or is it a specific show that happens somewhere that people pay to see? No show. Mm-hmm. Just walk up. I throw some jokes at you. Take a photo. I chuck a peace sign. Get dental insurance. <laughs> 30 minute increments. Six times a day and I'm out. Hey, I like it. I like it. And so you're saying before animated, that's like you're wearing like a costume. Yeah. Full okay. blown sweat and balls. Are you allowed to talk? No, but you can't make like little noises. You okay. can like, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. You can burp if you're a homer. <laughs> I burped all the time. Uh, is it true that if you break character, there's like severe penalties? Uh, I mean, I've got a couple scars. Really? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it sounded like I got brand or something. No, it's. Uh, I mean, from the universal side, not yeah. like from people. No, no, I was no. I mean, from the universal side, <laughs> they don't play around, man. They they got us on short leashes. No, uh, the it's it's they're show directors and they they keep you always in line and you're always getting show notes. They're people that watch you and they're amazing at their job. They're and you. I've always looked at it as that as long as I talk in that voice and make people laugh and bring up food and a dog, I'm pretty much good. There you go. And I've learned some Portuguese because there's a lot of Brazilians in Orlando. Never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. Brazilians are cool. Yeah, Brazilians are real cool. Orlandoans, though, kind of don't like Brazilians. But this Orlandoan loves Brazilians just because they're, they're filled with blind confidence. Yes. I wish I could be as confident as any Brazilian. (laughs) And for the record, this Washingtonian loves Brazilians. Yeah. Do Um, you want to take a left or a right? Yes. (laughs) Full confident. Very confident. I've been to uh, Lisbon, and I thought that with my super rudimentary knowledge of Spanish, and I mean like so rudimentary that I can't speak it without playing charades every single time. I thought that I'd you be thought you were going to be good. No, not at all. You were wrong. Super wrong. It's like one part Spanish, one part Italian, and one part not French, but uh, and half part in Zorbon, <laughs> the plan, the solar system Zorbon. Yeah, but it's like Co- Confidencicon. Yeah, the, from the from the galaxy Confidencicon. <laughs> Hey, but you know what? Cut from a different fabric over in Brazil. Have you been to Brazil? No. Neither have I, and no. I really want to go. I could. I don't need to. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather go to other places. I'd rather much go to any Asian country than go to Brazil. So what's the first Asian country on your bucket list? I would go to Japan. I would go to Tokyo. Really? Right off the bucket list. I just want to get hit with them lights. <laughs> that in Tokyo is crazy, man. I got so many signs. Oh yeah, and in the Shibuya, that I'd be walking I mean, so into people. shit. It's so crazy. I've been to Tokyo three times. Um, really? Yeah. <sighs> Actually, close the door real quick. All right. All right. I'll show you. So you see that picture right there? That framed picture. Is this this, your show days? What is this? Oh, yeah. Sorry. So my father is the director of the Howard University Jazz Ensemble. Whoa. Yeah, and they've done several shows or tours in Japan. 
And when he goes on those, I, I play the role of roadie, you know, and I was roller able, roadie. Are, I, I, the role of a roadie. Oh, I thought I thought that was a roller roadie. Yeah, that'd be I thought hot, a roller right? roadie was like a type of harp. It's hey, a harp on wheels hey, or something. The next thing you know, it's going to be in somebody's drum kit called a roller roadie. Yeah. You know, it's a type of xylophone. <laughs> so uh, the only two things that I can recognize are the 3500 down there. And of course, Howard University Jazz Ensemble and 224. And that 224 is my birthday. That was the day I turned 16 and also the day that I lost my virginity. Really? Out on your birthday? In Japan. In Japan? Yes. That, <sighs> that's a crazy story that I'll probably tell off the record. <laughs> well, you should know. You should tell that story every episode of this podcast. You need to tell. It's, promise it's, me this. You need to tell this story. This doesn't. <laughs> This would be so funny. Oh no, it's the story is even crazier than that. I don't well, I mean, we can go into it, but you need to tell every guest that ever does your podcast <laughs> about this poster and wrap it up with and that's my birthday and I turned 16 and I lost my virginity. <laughs> that is worth that, saying every episode. Every episode. Just so that your audience can hear all the different reactions. <laughs> so that's what a question is you'll get a different answer no that's, that's a question right there if you just do the same thing. <laughs> oh no, i'm right just i'm just saying things no no it. no you're right it's you're a fight right. yeah that that that, that is a, a punchline but i did this is like virginity. a grandma if you have like a 80 year old 90 year old over here don't tell her that story no no no, no i don't think that. 90 year olds do b and b's no, I've I've had some pretty old, old well, I don't say old, but older oh. people. Well, have ahead. they done the podcast? No, because we just started the podcast. Oh, wait, my episode one? No, you're probably episode two or three. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, so I mean, the the plan is, I just want to get like they they said like whenever you're starting a podcast, you don't start with just one episode in the in the hopper. Absolutely. You, when you post them, you should post at least like you know five or six. So I want to have like. 10 because i want to get like my chops up yeah and have the format down i think like 10 i've i used to do a podcast because my friend was really into podcasting mm -hmm. and i wasn't doing a podcast is way different than running a podcast and it really wasn't my thing but i did it for a year and then i won a stand-up comedy competition down in orlando that got me on the radio okay. and then there was a guy who gave me a job from going on the radio, and it was all because I did that podcast. Well, there you go. How what was the frequency of it? Of what? Podcast? Like how often did you record? I did, did it you... for a year, once a week, every Wednesday. Okay. It was far too long. <laughs> far too long of a podcast. I wouldn't. It was uh, not the. You have questions. That's a way better than what we had going. But there was some gold golden times on that podcast it must have been it got you the, the, the absolutely and i always tell my friend like dude that podcast has made me feel way easier in this type of scenario so you know what that means huh when you get back to orlando you gotta start a new one i'm not starting a podcast <laughs> never ever i've been lucky enough to i got there's this radio show check out the jim colbert show the jim colbert show jim colbert show he's he's a guy in uh central florida that has a way bigger fan base than I ever freaking knew, but he's the guy who got me the job. What's the station? 1041 iHeart Media Real Radio. Okay. And can you listen to past episodes? Yeah. Okay. 
I think I, we're right now we're only once a week, which is Fridays from three to seven. But that's awesome because we're live. That that's basically a podcast. But then next in 2019, we're going full time. So then that will be my full time job Monday through Friday, three to seven. I'm pretty stoked about that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. That's what's up, man. That is what's up, dude. All right, so now we're gonna get to the meat of it. Oh, okay. All right. He passed away when I was 13. <laughs> See, this guy is just witty, man. That's what makes for the best comics, you know? Um, all right. So most people ask, so what do you do for a living? Well, we already know what you do for a living. Bang. But the real question is, what would you consider your number one talent? It could be farting. It could be burping. It could be driving 90 miles an hour without getting a ticket on I-4. It could be whatever. What would you say is your number one talent? Ah, uh, man. On, I mean, golf is probably still up there. I really? Was, yeah, I was really good at golf when I was a kid, but I'm probably better at stand-up comedy now than I am at golf. Super Smash Brothers is up there. Played, I'm pretty good. So I, uh, getting, doing it. That's probably. I. I. That's a very broad answer, but. So you don't have a, a filter. No, as in, like, I showed you a qu- a preview of that Orlando movie trailer Correct. thing. Yeah. And that's, I've always, I wanted to make an Orlando movie trailer, so then I, I did it. I'm doing it. I hired the right people. I wrote it with my partner in crime, Joel, and now we're doing it. And I think I, as much as I probably don't, I guess I shouldn't consider that necessarily a no, talent. No, that is a talent. You'd be surprised how many people... Um, have ideas about things have things they want to do but uh their own personal mental roadblocks stop them from doing so or maybe the situation around them doesn't allow Mm. for it and they need a perfect situation whereas there are people that are just like you know what man i'm just gonna do it well what comforts me on doing it is that i recognize that none of this really matters. None of this, my life is not like at the end of the day. I don't know. I keep thinking that I've got a weird perspective on on the big picture of all this, and that's kind of the foundation of everything. Is that that it's very liberating whenever I think that really none of none of this matters. I'm just a drip of oil in this humanity. Well, one could I'm argue not, I'm one, not curing anything anytime soon. But butterfly effect, right? Where butterfly flaps his wings over the Pacific, and next thing you know, you got a tornado or hurricane in, in the Pacific. Absolutely, so, but that butterfly effect runs seven billion people, and I'm only one of them, and I'm not better than any of those people. The same way that they're not better than me, I can't. I can't look at anything and go like, oh, th- I'm, I can't look at you and ever go like, oh, I'm super special. Fuck that. Well, no, no, no. So not necessarily from a personal standpoint, but mm-hmm. just from a philosophical standpoint. Yeah, right? now we we got tree, to the meat of it. Tree falls in the forest. No one's around to hear it. Doesn't make a sound, mm-hmm. right? One could argue that. So if you're of the mindset that yes, it doesn't. If if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it and it doesn't make a sound, then you're of the mindset that only. It's from a very. Uh, if I'm not directly doing it or I can't directly see it, then its impact 
is minimized at best. Whereas if you're of the mindset that tree falls in the forest, no one's around to hear it, it does make a sound. Mm -hmm. Then you're saying, hey, there are things that happen in this world that I may impact that I'll never even know. Yeah. But I still had an impact. And just to clarify, I should have said this in the beginning. It's like we're still talking about entertainment rise because you know what? There are things that do matter to me, which is essentially trying to be a good person first and foremost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is something that is important. Be a good person. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to creativity and making stuff and trying to strive your best on any idea, whether it be a podcast, a game of chess, any sport. Yeah, it's very liberating to understand that being it doesn't really matter compared to the gargantuan f thing that is important to being a good human. Show people that's that's infinitely way more important than ever how good a joke can be. Touche. That Touché. so just to clarify, I should I should have opened up with that. But no, no, no. I I completely I completely I I completely agree with you yeah one could still argue though that well, i'm sure showing those jokes you know might brighten someone's day that would otherwise be down i mean mm -hmm. think about how many people that you know on their deathbed and somebody you know they, they, they're on their uh what do you call it the make a wish foundation and then you know they want to see a, a comic and <laughs> that comic goes and you know uh, Harlan Williams has a great joke. I I did a sh I did shows with Harlan Williams down at Improv. Okay. The Rocket Man, and he has a joke that says they say laughter is the best medicine. And uh, I went to a children's hospital, and I walked into every room, and I laughed at every <laughs> single one of them, and it did nothing. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> So one of, that's probably one of my. That's actually funny. One of my favorite. Uh, that was one of my favorite jokes he said that night. All right, tell me about your best set that you ever done and the worst, or I wouldn't say the worst, but the most uh, interesting set that you've done. All right, uh, most interesting set, also probably the worst because I would say it is interesting because it is the worst, and it's interesting because. I stopped telling jokes for like a year after. It was the first time I bombed. I was like the first time I really bombed, which on the sixth or seventh time, I was like, oh man, I did not know that that was at risk. <laughs> I, that's when I thought everything mattered. I, that's when, yeah. But, nah, not any, but uh, the best set, yeah. There was uh, a time recently where I, I was featuring and the headliner was running real late and they went against what I would say is like should be a golden rule of running a comedy show of don't start the show until the headliner's there. But that's not the case. And the headliner was running late and I ended up doing 45, 40, probably 45 and some change in, in the middle of the show and it was just a really good set and were you the only opener uh no there was a host mm -hmm. and then they brought me up and then around like and they told me that he's not here so you may have to stretch and then when i got close to being done i see in the side the stereotypical sign of stretch and i was like all right 
And I'm happy that the headliner showed up when he did because we were about to start telling jokes that I do not want to say. <laughs> you you, you to, gone through the bag of tricks. Audience, you're, yeah. you're, 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 you're at the bottom of the bag. I was at the bottom of the bag. I don't think these people are going to get my bring it on joke or my Cartoon Network bits. Like ah, I see. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to the most interesting set. So you 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 took out of the bag two things. One that you stopped after you bombed. Yeah. Oh you yeah. Quit comedy for a year. Yeah. Okay. And then you said that that set was probably the most interesting set that you've done. Yeah. All just right. because I stopped for eleven months, I've had some pretty wild sets. Tonight was pretty interesting. Okay. I, I was in D.C. at the D.C.'s Comedy Fest watching. B- a great basketball game narrating it to a bar <laughs> that's for i mean yeah. tonight's got to be up there sidebar i think you might be on to something one thing bill simmons is a podcast i listen to he talks mm-hmm. about how he thinks that at some point they're going to release the rights to where you can watch the um or i'm sorry you could have another live audio of somebody do the the play-by-play yeah. On the television, like so, you could just go online. You could watch the game through like YouTube, and there's like a live stream or something, and you can pick who you want. Yeah, that to, makes sense to me. And, I could see that happening. And if you were that good, you might be onto something. You Some know, five years from now, I called the dude common, so I don't know how good <laughs> I'm gonna be. I don't know, but maybe that's my brand. And you did it from on top of the bar. Yeah, I was sitting on the bar. I wasn't standing. If I was standing, I would be in the way of the TV. You might be on something. So, what made that set so bad? Wasn't... I did it six times once a week. I didn't even have a good five. And I walked in inexperienced on a show that started at nine. And I got on at, like, midnight. It was... All the people that were there were just, like, dogs, drunk. It was chips against you kind of room definitely looking back on it like oh my god i don't even know if i could pull that room off like now now <laughs> yeah i have no idea and i remember telling a joke i still stand by saying it was a pretty good joke at the time and so i said the end of it and someone just said that wasn't even a joke and i was so so new to stand up i just looked at him and said you know what you're you're right sir <laughs> and then it was done after that it was done i didn't even there was no like funny retort. There was no yeah interaction or something. Like he 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 shot your confidence at that point. No, I just it was. I think I shot my own confidence when I agreed with him. <laughs> Touche. Who agrees with a heckler? Someone who's doing stand up for the sixth or seventh time. So sidebar, how do you deal with hecklers? Hopefully, do more times than I just ignore it. More more times than that, it's not worth. Because when if you interact with a heckler or interact with any person, and I'm, I feel confident with crowd work, but you gotta know that if something doesn't go your way, I'm a big believer of going. That's the comedian's fault if you're doing crowd work, because when you do crowd work or interact with a heckler, you have to understand that you're opening up this box of variables. That Pandora's box could be. Uh, some sometimes just inaudible garble. You can't who, and the audience can't hear it. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So, true. Okay. 
All right. So then after that set, so you said you were inexperienced at the time. How long had you been doing stand up at that point? Six or seven weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was my sixth or seventh time ever doing stand up. Wow. Okay. And then from there, you just stopped for a year. Yeah. I was like, hey, yeah, maybe this isn't for me. And then I moved in with a stand up comedian, and he was my brother's friend. And uh, he was doing stand up and came home. I'll never forget it. He looked at me and I asked him how the show went. He goes, it went good. And I said, I miss stand-up comedy. And he said, prove it. Check me, dude. I was stuck. I had to follow up with my words. So I started doing stand-up again. That's what got you back in. Yeah, he said, prove it. Wow. And now here I am on your couch at the DC Comedy Fest. Checking out Cherry Blossoms. Checking out Cherry Blossoms. Life is amazing, man. It's been fantastic, and I've been incredibly lucky thus far. See, there was a comic that... He said something that motivated you that ultimately changed the direction of your life. That's true. But that's also him probably, in my opinion, and that's subjective because every opinion is subjective, is that's him being a good human. Me calling me out on my shit. There you go. There you go. Oh, you miss it? <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> Boom. And so did you go like that night or was it like, you know, the next day you went? Uh, I think like the next couple of days. And also what helped me too is that I only knew of one open mic. And when I moved in with him, he knew like all these open mics. So instead of doing it once a week or and if I missed it on that once a week, because I was the only open mic I knew. Yeah, yeah, got your chops up. Yeah, it's something that you got to do a lot. Yeah, because you can only do it in the beginning five minute increments. Yeah. It's hard to get ten thousand hours if you're doing something at five five minutes. Yeah, hence. Me getting this podcast studio up and running. It's something I've been talking about for a while. I mean, I've been doing this house for like five years and I'm always having conversations with guests and everything. And I'm like, man, this needs to be recorded. Yeah, no, I I don't. Is this like a common thing on podcasts? Is Airbnb podcast? Because it's no, awesome. No, I'm trying to change the game. You man. possibly might. I know I'm going to check in on a couple episodes, see like how my dog's doing. No doubt. I appreciate Am I cooler that. than this next guest? <laughs> I want to be I want to be the best guest well, ever. Exactly. And one thing that you have going for you is you're right at the beginning, man. You were right at the like when the seed was like planted, man. Yeah. It started just coming up Episode from the ground. Episode Deuce dude. or Trace. Yeah. No doubt. So, um were there any comics you saw um either yesterday or today that caught your eye you're like, man, cuz I remember the last guy that was on the Desperados, you were like, man, he's so likable. Yeah. Uh, no, the guy from the, Detroit. Yeah, the the white dude at the end, or no, the no. I'm sorry, the second to last guy. Yeah, the guy who went into the school. That guy was so funny <laughs> to me. He was just so likable. He was so. He's kind of like a Cedric the Entertainer. And you and you add that the fact that his jokes were great too. He had great jokes talking about how cold you must have looked if you had two donkeys back in the Jesus days. <laughs> yeah, I got two donkeys. Two I donkeys. was dying over that. Walking through walking through the, the, the town square slow as hell. Yeah. Like, uh, the donkey. last comic, or one of the comics I saw tonight said a joke that killed me. I don't know. I was like almost crying. And usually I don't <laughs> laugh this hard from jokes. He's, he apologized for sinking up the bathroom. And he goes, I don't know why. Uh, people say that you gotta light a match and that should fix the smell. I lit a match. It smelled like shit's on fire in there now. <laughs> and that killed me. I've never, that made me laugh so hard. 
said line of match. <laughs> dying. So, um, as far as your jokes, do you normally get inspiration just by living or is there is are there things that you do or people you hang around that where you just get inspiration from? Ah, man, I if it, if it makes me laugh, I usually write it down. And if it makes me laugh, I try it out once or twice. And if it's fun for me to say on stage, then usually people will have fun with it. Okay. You got a new joke about pistachios. Okay. And it, I'll, I'll tell you what, because... Yeah, hit, hit me with the weird, joke for wait, Here's here. the thing about writing this joke, right? I, I thought of the idea that humans are just like pistachios in the sense that one out of 35 just suck. They're okay. the worst. Okay. That's all I thought of. I was like, that's kind of... And it's what's funny about it is that it's true. <laughs> Eating a terrible pistachio sucks. Okay, ruined day. And humans, you run into one out of 35, you're like, yeah, this guy's just not for me. Yeah. We can't, we're not going to hang out. And much like pistachios, that 135 might ruin the first 34. Exactly, right? One person that messes up your day, man. It's just so, like... But it needed a punchline. Okay. So then I just I said, uh, and I I picked one up the other day and I ate it. And I was like, this tastes like straight ass. And then I grabbed a pistachio and I ate that. I was like, okay, that tastes like a bad pistachio. So it's a new joke of trying to say that it's almost like a cannibal joke now. I was saying that I ate a human. <laughs> Ah, okay. Compared to eating a bad pistachio. I'm just sorry. Just to have the... No, it's fine. It's a new joke. It's my fault. If people don't get it, it's on me. No, I feel like it's my fault because I'm getting too cerebral with it, man. I'm like, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, because pistachios, so pistachios have Yeah, so what's one divided by 35, man? pistachios kind of are like flaky and we have like dandruff. And they're so. green, so they're like green. you're saying it's like naive, you know? Maybe they don't know they're yeah, being they're an green, asshole. so they're earthy, yeah. but they're like... There's, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what's going on in my head right there. You just there. start snapping. That's, and... that's what's happening right there, man. I'm telling you, man. Cool, man. Uh, so, man, I'm having fun. It's a hoot. Podcast can, can be a blast. All right. So, I'm a foodie. All right. So, give me a restaurant that if I am around the Orlando area. Okay. And I'm. 50 miles away from this restaurant. 50 miles. So I'm, it's like I'm, a drive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, so like an hour drive. Right? right. You're like, this restaurant is so good mm-hmm. that I'm telling you that, okay, well, how about this? Half hour. So, so round trip, it's an hour. Right. Okay. You're saying, Fred, if you are anywhere within 30 minute drive of this restaurant, you need to go off of your plan, your planned course route uh-huh. to this restaurant and eat. And then get back on. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, though, is what are you looking for? I want the one that, as long as I don't have chitlins. I don't like chitlins. Okay. I don't like chitlins. All right. So okay. As long as, long as, I would, as it's not the best chitlins in Florida, I'm good. Well, we're looking for like a restaurant ballin', exquisite, pricey, this, this, or we, this, we're looking for the numerator. I'm going Four Rivers. Ross Paget Special. I'm going I'm going Four Rivers. Okay. Which is like our barbecue place. Mm-hmm. But if you're going for the Ross Paget Special... It would have to be a Green Ghost Locos Double D, which is an Orlando, or me and them get along. They always hook it up. I so made this, a, this is a I restaurant. I made a commercial for them without really? their permission. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing one right now. Yeah, um, I am. So, okay. Now I've done it twice. Something gringo, wait, say it again. Gringos Locos. Gringos Locos Double D. Which I believe D. is crazy white people. Okay. Then Double D. 
Yeah, double D. Now it's double Which D. Which is a double decker taco. Okay, so, so Gringos Locos is the name of the restaurant. Yeah. And the double D is what you need to get. Yeah. Okay. And what makes this place so amazing? Everything's Hellas Main. That's okay. the first thing. Boom. Double D taco, if you're familiar. A double decker taco is a soft tortilla okay. and a hard shell. Okay. And it's always usually adhesed. Adhesed? Oh, adhesed. That was, that was, right? that was, adhesed. That was nice. That adhesed was nice. with beans, mm-hmm. but at Gringos, they adhese it with queso. Okay. And I feel like uh, I've made made my case. Okay. Their hard shell is sweet. It's very good. Yeah, because they hand make it. Yeah. Yeah. And do they make the hard shell from the soft shell? I so think you're basically getting a soft d- version yeah, of a... Or is th- it is one like corn, the other one's uh It's like a... The flour. hard shell is almost like... A, like a, it tastes like cereal almost. It's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a very sweet... It's a sweeter taco that I didn't know could be made. Okay. And what filling do you use? Chicken. Okay. I eat so much chicken. So you're not a vegan? No. Just dating one. <laughs> she's the best. Yeah, she's But I also cool. get down with vegan food. She's like, when she cooks, it's, man, this. You can't even tell. Well, not just that. She just is a really good cook. I don't know. I always, because I also don't need meat. I just, I guess I prefer it because it's just easier. It's, there. it's always there. Yeah. Not I had a, a falafel tonight. That was pretty good. I'm telling you, dude. I was telling you about Everlasting Cafe. Mm-hmm. It's not called Everlasting Cafe anymore. It's called something else. I can't remember. But the first place I actually went to that was a vegan place was called uh, Uptown Juice Bar on 125th Street in uh, Harlem, New York. And it was the first place I went to. I was like, wait, this is actually vegan? Because they would like make chicken wings that look like chicken wings. But yep. instead of the bone, it was like a thick toothpick inside. And like, mind you, just because it's vegan doesn't mean it's like, doesn't have super calories and fat. In yeah, it. No, like, no. like no, no, no. Like this is thing. this is this is some decadent vegan food, but it's still vegan and it's really really good. Um, and so like if I had some, if I was around people that ate vegan food all the time, also like fried tofu, anything fried is great, man. I get I can get down on fried tofu. That is true. That is true. All right, next question. Um, recommend somewhere. No matter where in the world, okay, that should be on everyone's bucket list. Okay, there's a national park in Canada called Banff. Spell it. B A N F. Okay. It's a real abrasive word. Okay. But it is now. I think that's the prettiest. That's the best. Everything I've seen. So this is East Coast Canada, West Coast Canada? West. Okay, so like around and, Vancouver. Yeah. Or is it like way up? Way west. Even like Calgary. It's like north of Calgary. Oh, wow. So it's it's west and it's like on the way to Edmonton. Okay. And that was just, it's like the Rockies, but even rockier. Even rockier. and when It makes you... the Rockies look like soft rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this this then Banff comes out of nowhere going heavy metal. So, uh, when did you visit there? Two thousand twelve. What time of year was it? Summer. Okay. And I I was there two thousand ten, eleven, and twelve. Oh, so it was that good? Like you went once and it's just like I, gotta I go back. traveled with my brother. My brother has a one man show. Okay. And I just same brother that yeah. challenged you, or okay. same brother's friend. Okay. Friend of a brother. Okay. All right. 
cool. Brother, his friend. Some good friends. Yeah, no. Well, my brother's. If he's ever in D.C., I'll tell him about you. Please. He's got to do the podcast. Definitely. Um, the Innkeeper Podcast. In uh, Orlando, what is a place that's known locally, but people outside of Orlando don't know about it? A place or like an event, right? Okay. Uh, place an event. A place or an event that's local there, that's popular, that people outside of Orlando really Tasty don't know about. Tasty Tuesdays down in the Milk District, bruh. Okay, what's that, going on there? That was, that was as hipster as I could say it. All right. If there's any Orlandoans that heard that, they, I would be speaking their language there. Okay, so Tasty Tuesdays in the so Milk. So we have this, okay, I would just say the Milk District in general, actually. The Milk District, we have, there's a T.G. Lee bottling uh, factory right there. Mm-hmm. And right outside of it are these, these string of hipster-ish bars with also a new Gringo's Locos that is... Stuck right there in the milk district. Okay, and, and, and so uh, this this bottling plant is still in existence. Yeah, no, or... it's completely there. Okay, but oh, they moved there. Yeah, or just the bars were always there, and I think that bottling factory opened up before I moved. Okay, to Orlando, but... all right. Okay, and it's just really cool. Okay. Super cool. You can. So you said shoot, what is it Tuesdays? Go, and then Tasty Tuesdays, Tasty which Tuesdays. is when it gets invaded with food trucks and gets some dank pierogies or something <laughs> so help me out uh, i've seen dank used a, a, in a lot of different good dank is good dank is good dank is good all right um what's the most recent thing that you saw or read that you directly shared with at least two people uh, and when i say directly shared i don't mean like cinema link i mean like you like spoke to somebody like dude you have to see this see this or, read this or hear this uh it was your jokes it was yeah i guess it would have to be my jokes. <laughs> no i would say there was a book that i read that i was like man this is such a cool sci-fi novel it's called all our wrong todays all our wrong todays okay all our wrong todays it was like a time traveling book i thought it was awesome so you sci-fi fan yeah not huge i just got into books like these last like five or six months this is coming to DC in, in uh, Escape Velocity. So it's the Museum of Science Fiction. Huh. And during Memorial Day weekend in uh, National Harbor, which is down, like if, DC, if the whole beltway that surrounds DC is a clock, National Harbor is at like on the hour hand, 545. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so last weekend, sorry I'm getting off on a tangent, but last weekend uh, we had the. Uh, Every other year, DC holds the annual U.S. Science and Engineering Festival, huh. where basically students that are in STEM education, um, as well as just people that love science and technology and engineering. The it, future. Exactly. They take over the convention center and they have all these booths. So I went there like, yeah, I'm going to do a show for full service here. And I went there, and a first guy interview. He's like, "Yeah, um, where's your media pass?" I'm like, "Um, I'm gonna keep it anonymous." He's like, "Yeah, nah, um, I'm good." So I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so now I gotta go talk to Jack, and so now I'm able to get passes and everything. I can't just show up blind on stuff. But anyways, um, but the guy was like, "No, actually, no. This is a later guy." He was like, "Yeah, but you know, check out this. You know, this is the guy you should talk to." 
I have my lawyer over here if you want to talk to him. But uh, as far as media relations, this is the guy. We're doing an expo for the Museum of Science Fiction. It's happening, you know, National Harbor. Now it's going, dude, this is sick. Yeah. And so I'm actually going to do a podcast. I got the green light with uh, full service to do a podcast there. And so we're trying to figure out the premise of what it's going to be. Then we're going to reach out and we should be able to secure media passes and everything. So that said, you being super science fiction aficionado. Yeah, I'm like, I've read four books. If you, if, if you want to come up and guest host for full service, I'm all for it. Wouldn't be able to pay your your, your, your flight up. No, but that's good to know. If you want to guest host the podcast, because I don't know anything really about science fiction. Last science fiction book I read was probably Ender's Game or something. I, I read Ender's Game. That was one of the yeah, books I read. That it was, was really great. Book, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't see the twist coming. <laughs> right? Oh, God, man. I bit so hard on that. gate is down, I'm son. such like a 10-year-old when I'm reading these books. Yeah. I can't predict anything. That's a good thing, though. <laughs> well, when I see a movie, though, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm familiar with this. Whenever I'm reading a book, I'm like, oh, my God. What's coming next? Yeah. The next page is here. So, that's a nice segue. Next question. What's the last book that you reread? I don't think I've honestly ever reread any book. Really? Yeah. No, I've never I've never read a book twice. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've reread a book. I would I've been thinking though about rereading All Our Wrong Todays. There you go. I feel like I'm rereading Fight Club right now even though I never read it. Because I saw the movie. Yeah. Uh, now, do you want to talk about movies I've reseen, man? Yeah, it's Fight Club. Fight Club's up. <laughs> seen there. Fight Club so many times, man. Like I, I, I have, I've got a, I've seen it in like once or twice. But now that I'm reading the book, once I finish the book, I want to watch it again. It's weird reading the book when you know the twist. Yeah. So is it much different? Uh, yeah. There's some differences, but it's also it's really good. There's a lot of cool things that he does and how he writes certain things is pretty cool does he go into more explanation about how he was able to be two places well not two places at once because i feel like at the end well, i don't know if you got this far in the book but it was kind of like a montage mm-hmm. of how it's like wait so how did i start a fight club here and start a fight club here start a fight club here and it was like a montage of oh yeah because i was falling in and out of sleep you know yeah the and insomnia like, yeah and i'm wondering do they go into greater detail of like because logistically it's it's great from a movie standpoint you can just montage it out and it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah. All, yeah. don't worry don't worry all the all the ends i have line not up. gotten to that montage part where okay. they then justify how this calamity happened that was a, that was a snape impression i guess i don't know <laughs> Have you seen uh, the Star Wars Last Jedi? I have. Okay, so, spoiler alert. Okay, here we go. I thought it was quite anticlimactic that that dude that was uh, 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 training Kylo Ren. Luke? No, the other guy. The oh, dude, Snoke. Snoke, yes. Yeah. He just, like, got off. Just like, oh, yeah, you thought he was a big character. You thought he was going to be, like... Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm kind of with you. I'm not going to lie. I, th- I wanted to know more about Snoke. I'm assuming in this next movie we're going to know more about Snoke in some sort of flashback or... Possibly. Maybe, I thought he was Maybe that... he can't die. He just... I, I have no idea, but... I thought he was the dude that, uh... Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis? Mm-hmm. And I thought that he was Darth Plagueis, like, chilling in the, yeah. the ether. Yeah, we're just super nerdy now. I'm sorry. But, yeah. I'm down to Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is awesome. All right, I'm gonna give you one last thing. Uh, See if I can stick the landing. Stick the landing. 
Um, you know, in the future, I'll have these more in my head and it'll be more natural. You might even be able to go with one take. <laughs> um, what you like the most about coming to DC? Oh, man. What what do I love most about DC? Which is there? Or what, wait, so is this your first time here? Yeah, I've okay. never been to DC. So what did you like the most during your stay? I, we, Outside well, of this house, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, five stars. Um, I would honestly, I was not knowing really what to expect. I had, I didn't know. I I was just expecting to see monuments and stuff, but. Uh, Everyone's been so incredibly nice. That was one thing that's like really. I've talked soccer to so many people in this city in just a span of two and a half days. Like, really? Yeah. I just, there's so many. Uh, it's unbelievably clean. That's what they say. Yeah. It's a super clean city. Yeah. I was in New York last month and going from this subway system to that subway system. It's a little different. You walk yeah. in New York, you smell like you smell so many different things. Yeah, you smell everything. Yeah, in DC, I th- it's great. I, honestly, it's not. Mu- I love how like you walk by a tree and it's got like a plaque and a story from 1858. Where everything's got everything's got like a, it's like a good tattoo out here. Everything's yeah. got a, a story and a purpose of the, a reasoning behind. Everything I looked at, the, I went to the Lincoln Memorial today. I was just like, "Damn, what a feat!" Like, look at this thing. Yeah. Not just the person behind it, but just like the, f- the whole edifice. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Fun fact: it's that's such a, great... a cool city, and there's so much history. And fun fact that it's a good date night too. Yeah. Like if you ever want to surprise your girl, you just say, "Hey, come by the house. We're gonna go get a bottle of wine." Like late, like right around now. Yeah, so you can show open. Up. Yeah, you can just go. Yeah, you can go there. Just get a couple glasses, bottle of wine, just sit on the steps of the Lincoln, and just chat for like an hour. Done. When it's warmer. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get some. You get some cool points. It might last to the end of the week. You know yeah. What I'm saying? And but you can't go inside. Right? No, no, no. Well, there's no because, inside to it, really. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like a, a memorial. Yeah. Like, uh, but I just I was because there's a sign that says quiet. You know, like inside next to Abe, I could I felt so weird talking in front of Abe Lincoln today. Yeah, it's Plus one of those things where it's like showing you. respect type of deal. Yeah, but steps, free game, people were doing everything <laughs> out, man. Pretty sure I saw some dice getting thrown on the steps. I wouldn't be surprised. I made that up. Don't get that <laughs> wrong idea. DC's fantastic. I also love that everyone that I've talked to about DC, the gist that I've gotten is that everyone's been like, ah, oh, man, DC's great. Like 10 years ago, <laughs> and that's how it always starts, is that apparently DC is doing great right now. That it's Yeah, Um. so I think I would probably say that maybe 15 years ago, like once you got out of the 90s, because then like all the metro stations started being okay, and then we got out of the dot-com stuff, mm-hmm. like 2002, 2003. That's when like things really started taking shape in the city, you know, areas that were long neglected started having people coming back. Um, and then especially with Obama, there was a lot of uh, younger, fresh talent, people that just wanted to be here. Like back when Obama was here, there was so many people from Chicago that might have worked on his campaign that were here in town. They may not even had a job 
in the federal government. They might have been working for someone else because they felt, okay, if I'm here long enough, I'll be able to swing my way into mm-hmm. doing something federal government wise. And so it was a, a, a younger demographic and it was a lot of people that were coming from larger cities and they came to expect like, hey, public transportation system. And they, they had fresh eyes on the city. So take an area like this right here, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's like walking distance yeah. that you could ever want to do, right? That metro station didn't open up until 2003, I believe, right? Uh. Um, and because what happened was it used to be, you know, between Union Station and then Rhode Island Avenue, which is the next one, it was like a very long stretch. Um, and everything on the other side of the tracks used to be industrial buildings. So a bunch of developers came together and did a public-private partnership with the city to basically say, hey, look, if you handle all the infrastructure stuff, we'll help out with, you know, superstructure stuff of like the actual platform and all that yeah. stuff. And it worked. Exactly. And it ultimately allows for their property values to go up. Um, but, you know, after, the, after King got assassinated, H Street was like in tatters. And, hmm. you know, back in the 60s and the 50s, H Street was like, I want to say the second most busy retail district in the, or re- retail area in the district. So then following the assassination, everything got burned out. And a lot of people left. Right. Uh, and it took until the early 2000s before people started sinking money back in. And the whole story behind that is actually quite interesting because it didn't start like close to the city and then out. It actually started further out. And then came back in. Hmm. Um, but that's a whole nother story altogether. But the thing was, is that there were a lot of people that were coming from other cities, other large cities in America that were young. were like, okay, I know you think that this is like a bad area and everything, but mm-hmm. it's close to everything. And the rent is like cheaper than what it would be in Northwest. So I'm just going to move here and get a bike and be okay. And, you know. Not to say that everything's all peachy. Not saying everything's all peachy anywhere. anywhere. Right. Yeah. Every every city. Yeah. But when you have enough people that have that mindset, mm-hmm. you get that critical mass. I've thoroughly have enjoyed DC. I love the infrastructure. I didn't think I was gonna get my uh, my American on, sort of speak, as much as I thought I was. But it it definitely. I'm a big World War Two. Guys are going to the World War II Memorial Memorial and just, that's just unreal. Unreal. You want a fun fact? Fun fact. I'm about to blow your mind. Fun fact me. You were in World War II. Okay, so no. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I don't know if you noticed on the Memorial, there are a number of different faces of people like the like impressions of faces that are the busts of faces along there, right? Now, obviously the the faces that are there of a 20 and 30 year old so obviously those weren't people that were actually in the war right uh-huh. so they had to use people to get replicas to make the busts for all that stuff so when they were constructing that um girl that i was dating at the time she was she worked in like a like a pa on like movies whenever they would come to town and i believe this one day her brother was working there at the same time and the guy who was the sculptor making the busts saw her brother and was like, hey, yeah, you'd be good for this. Let me make a mold of your face. So they made a mold of his face and used it Oh no! on there several times, like in different ways. I think they made several modifications or whatever. Yeah. But it's the guy's face. It's the girl I used to date. His, her brother. It's his face. 
Oh, man. If that was me, I would feel so guilty. Now, you ready for the kicker? He's from England. Oh, no. <laughs> Double the guilt. So, we have at least a, one of the faces. It's a British guy. That's... Face. Well, art <laughs> imitates life, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's a beautiful story, though. Uh, it just... It's it's where it's weird how things come to be, and you realize crazy. like how. I'm not gonna lie. When I was there, I was like, man, this guy kind of yeah, is giving me an English vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you might have offer me some tea and why carpets, is he, right? Yeah, why is he bangers and mash? Yeah, why is he holding just d- chips? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you all check out uh, Arlington National Cemetery? We did not. We did not make it. I went to one comedy show, tried to get on, didn't. Went to another comedy show did get on sat on a bar and got on the bar and 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 pioneered a new genre of watching of narrating of narrating basketball games tv's on might as well call it out perfect ross this has been amazing yo it's been fun this is the last night here thank you so much for coming man no thank you for how's me you're fantastic Thank you, thank you. You're a great host. This is a fun podcast. And I thoroughly enjoyed having you here and having you entertain not only myself, but people that you've come to entertain through the comedy. Jokes. Check out the Jim Colbert show. Yeah, give us all the information. So first off, spell your name because people are probably going to spell it wrong. So the best way I can tell you is that my name is Ross, but I spell it like sauce. And I'm kind of like the only one (laughs) who spells it like sauce. So it's R-A-U-C-E. There you go. And then uh, a lot of people, the, the nickname Sauce also happens a lot on the radio show. On and the, the last Jim name? Show. Paget. Spell that? P-A-D-G-E-T-T. Double T. There's some sketches on YouTube. Uh, I, there's a new sketch coming. Okay. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Spell it, just spell it like Sauce. It's Ross spelled like Sauce. That's it? At Ross? I, I, my gamer tag is actually just R-A-U-C-E, which is pretty cool. What games do you play? FIFA, all day. Okay. Liverpool? All day. <laughs> and then awesome. also I'm good for a good RPG. I get my, I beat Final Fantasy 15. I play Fallout, Skyrim. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what those are. I just know that those are games that people talk about a shitload on Reddit. Yeah, I know. It's a big, it's a, it's, its own universe. Like if I was if I was younger, it's mainly FIFA. I would love Twitch because I would just watch people play video games. Like I remember I was like growing up, like people like in college, people would play Goldeneye. Oh. I wouldn't want to play. I just want to watch because it's like a movie to me. Yeah. Yeah. This is getting enthralling. <laughs> I know these people. Right. I'm getting invested. I can't. My friend killed my other friend. So is there any other things that's coming? The the Orlando trailer's coming? The Orlando trailer's coming. Is that going to be posted on YouTube? Uh, what else, man? I don't know. Just make... I'll just keep making shit. That I can promise you. Dude, you should um, audition for Saturday Night Live, man. Yeah, I don't I don't know how he... It's, it's easier said than uh, done. You should, though. My brother got to the point of sending a video. My brother's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I won't, that's a whole different conversation. We'll see if we can get him on. Yeah, we'll get him on. For, we'll play for a game of chess podcast. the next time. You play chess? I mean, not well. I know the rules. Oh, man, yeah, I, I love playing chess. Off of that response, I feel like you'll destroy me, so. No, no I'm not. I don't play chess. I'm not. Fun fact, I used to be the uh, Maryland State in sixth grade. 
okay. co-champion. All right, but that's still in sixth grade. In sixth grade, so it's not like I was like beasting out, and that's not like I know like in sixth all grade. Sorts of... I bowled of one twelve. All right, See that's, the that's difference? actually that's like yeah, but you you were you were. You were a what? A three handicap or something? In yeah, golf? I was like, okay. Well, did you did you compete golf? You, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, played a lot of golf. You need to meet my friend Kyle. Um, they do a, a website called uh, Two Golf Guys. Two Golf Guys. Yeah, and they just review all sorts of golf equipment and everything. And they actually do. They have a like a large following. Nice. And they, you know, you can click on the thing and buy it through Amazon. It does a blog of like all. It's actually quite popular. Um, two but, golf guys. Yeah, but do they he, have a theme song. No, they just, need one. I though. just gave him one. There you go. Two golf guys. I really wish he was actually here because uh, he's um he's about to get married. Uh, he's actually yeah. We need to get him wasted. Bachelor right? party. He's going through the whole marriage industrial complex, paying extra for icing for a damn cake. Okay. But anyways, um, he uh, he I, I asked him once, like, hey, you know. Like what? What do you think? Like a hobby or something? Like he's like, man. Like I would like love to just write sketch sketch comedy. And, and he also plays hardest. golf. It's the hardest. Sketch comedy is oh god. But you'd be a perfect person to talk to. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. No one's perfect to ever in any. I could I just show them and tell them what I've learned because I've made sketches with over a million views and I've made sketches with hundreds of thousands. And I've also, but everyone thinks that those are the only sketches I've made. I have crashed and burned off of like 16 sketches. Mm-hmm. Like there's 16 sketches. People think I've only made like six solid viewed ones and like two all right viewed ones. Reality is I made like 17 like not good. Hey, that's still a good hit ratio, man. You're, 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 you're above 5%, man. Well, I just... Just, just got to keep doing them. from the first time of doing sketches, which is to spend money, invest in yourself. There you go. Your job is to write and act in it. And let someone be a director. But yes. Nonetheless, it's getting late for me. You're the man, Ross. I'm trying to be. Thanks so much, man. Yo, much love. The Innkeeper Podcast. There you go.